uh, are there other books you'd recommend about account management? And my answer was really no, because like I haven't found any that I like, and that's why we wrote the book. But that's so self-serving. But whatever, I'm I'm gonna say it anyway. Um, I'm hawking books here, people. It's our podcast, John. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> about the art and science of account management. Pick up a copy of A Dragon Walks Into a Meeting, a tactical guide to client management. Digital and print editions available at Amazon or your favorite bookseller. Well, welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Account Management, A Tactical Guide to Success. You got Fred Fuller here. And on the other side of the table, my compadre, my good friend, the wonderful Mr. Dr. John Brown. John, how the heck are you, man? Man, I couldn't be better, Fred. How are you? I'm good. Listen, it's been quite a while since we've done this, so I'm going to need a little bit more than I couldn't be better <laughs> um uh everything i touch turns to gold every meal is a feast every paycheck a fortune every meeting is a gathering of old friends um the, the, i i was hoping we could do better <laughs> that's all i got no that's all I, you got I, no you know, that was good hey, how are you that's hey, the that's important a, part yeah, no, it's incredibly optimistic. I'm I'm doing uh, very well. Life is is good. No complaints. Uh, we had the holidays, right? We got through the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, we had that super cold snap thing that came through. I didn't have any pipes burst. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, the, a lot of people affected by that. Dog's still healthy. <laughs> oh, and what's the dog's name? Violet. 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 Wow, I like that name. She is she she's a great dog, man. Oh, she's okay. uh, wonderful. And I've I've had my bad ones. I've had the, you know, they they always say it's the owner. They say it's never the dog. It's always the owner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're a good person, so that's why that's why you have a good dog, right? That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's well, one theory. Well, I I was saying that more to line myself up with the previous dogs that were horrible. This oh, is my, this oh, is my oh. wife's dog, for the record. Oh, I see. Yeah, your prior dogs were. Uh, what, what were they um, cranky? They write bad emails. Like what? What did they do that was a problem? ADHD. <laughs> ADHD. They weren't good at spelling. Like, what? Squirrel man. Yeah. Like yeah, I understand. Yeah, and they were. They didn't. Yeah, they didn't behave. They didn't come. They didn't <laughs> sit. <laughs> they were just. They were bad dogs. They were. They were. Yeah. They were. Okay. Um, well, that. That clearly is your fault. I want to thank you. Thank you for yeah. bringing. I'm glad. Like you know what? Let's spend the whole episode talking about uh, yeah mismanagement of dogs. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know I've got great pet stories, right? Like, <laughs> don't get me started on that. Let's it, let's it, save that for the end of the podcast. Actually, you probably get a lot of hate mail if we if if you tell it all your pet stories. So let's not let's not go there. Let's actually do a podcast. First of all, let's explain why why have we taken so long to put out another podcast. I have my reason, which is I you're lazy. That's my number one reason. Ooh, um, I, okay. Uh, but my second reason would be, this is free. We're doing it out of love. We get busy. That's our lame excuse. What do you, what do you think the reason is that? And I had a hangnail. 
<laughs> you know, like, can we, we got to give them something. Yeah. So I, I had a hangnail that took me out of yeah. commission for like four months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I think everybody, look, it's a medical, it's a medical issue. Were you hospitalized at any point? I thought about it. <laughs> Did you call your doctor? I thought yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, there, folks, you heard it here first. Fred's got a medical patient. Can someone start a GoFundMe for Fred to... Uh, are we going to hold on a second? Very serious. Are we going to post a link to this on LinkedIn? Because if we're yeah, going to do that, I think we got to edit LinkedIn. Something. We're raising money for Fred. He's got a hangnail. <laughs> Somebody's going to write a "We Are the World" style song for. Oh my gosh, your the, your hangnail. Yeah. Okay. Good. I like where this one's going. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so we'll, just we'll, now, we're, now we have another action item. We'll get that going. Well, I'll post all my account numbers on the website so you can just give me money there. You just wire it in directly, people. <laughs> right. Don't forget I'll, the passwords and pins that way. In the social. Right. Exactly. Yeah. All right, man. On task here. That's what I let's was get on. For. Let's get on task. This this podcast is about account management. Actually, I did one more digression before we get started, which is we get a lot of email. Uh, we will make a request for the mailbag and we, we're going to answer some letters here today. But uh, we get a lot of email from like um, advertisers who send us stuff like, hey, can I come on your podcast and talk about health and wellness and eating well? No, mm -hmm. it's a podcast about what? Well, it's a podcast. It's, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the leap of faith here. I'm gonna take the other side of this one, John. Yeah. Okay. This is a podcast about account management. Right. Account management is about taking care of people, and yes. you can't take care of people if you don't take care of yourself. <laughs> Boom. Wow. All right. That's quite the segue. I've got an even better segue into our topic for today. Okay. Which is um, our topic for. It, what, what account management really is about is about being a great individual and always improving. And um, maybe food is a part of that, but please stop emailing us about that. Um, but we're, today we're going to do a wrap up of our book about account management. This is kind of from the final chapter. We've sort of, if you want to save yourself $10, you could have listened to everything we did before and um, saved yourself $10. That's not cool. Just Spend $10, go buy the book, please. But if you want to, you could have done that. You would miss all the witty banter. <laughs> the book doesn't have witty banter. Yeah. No, we should we should give the book away and charge people for the podcast. That's what. Oh, yeah. that's there. You, now you're th now you're thinking. Actually, that's not a bad idea at all. That's like not a bad idea at all. Um, I need somebody to put together a spreadsheet. Yeah. <laughs> I need a business plan stat. Um, anyway, so today we're going to do a wrap up of everything from the book. And then we've got some other topics picked out that we're going to do for the rest of this year. Um, and so the wrap up of the book has uh, four things that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, let's start with number one, John, which is be more than a pass through. Right. That's right. We're going to cover that. Yep. Uh, number, number two, two be a, number two, be a student of the game. That's right. Number three, be a person of character. Pay close attention, John Brown. And number four, mention resources available for further study. But you're hanging number three on me. Wow, that hurts. Well, I mean, it was easy. Like it's a softball. <laughs> and you got to blame start. somebody, right? So, like, yeah, somebody's somebody's the problem. Um, here's uh, so. Here's uh, number one on this list for me. I'll talk about what I think it means. 
be more than a pass through. This is pretty short. If you're listening to this podcast or you're reading our book, I'm probably it's probably 99 percent likely you're not a pass through. So this isn't really a thing. But what it, what I mean by that and what you see sometimes are account managers who are kind of feel like their only job is to take things that the client says, repeat them back inside the company and vice versa. And that's kind of all they do. It's like that scene from Office Space where the the guy gets all the consultants are asking the guy what he does around here. And he gets all angry because he's like, I'm the one who talks to the customers. And uh, all he does is say what the engineers say back to the customers and just is a is a pass through it's kind of that's what we mean by that uh, well you know we've spent a good bit of time talking about it just in in different flavors and contexts i don't know i we may have said it in this with these very words but it is really it is challenging every thought that comes your way both internal and external because we talk about you're, you're the quarterback right you drive mm-hmm. the account and sometimes you have to give that feedback to the people above you internally yeah, yeah, sometimes you I mean a lot of a lot of the job is being a pass through but what we're saying is don't be just a pass through. Right? Like um it, that can be you're making a great point which is like all of that chatter internally and all the chatter from your clients can be overwhelming and there's a temptation to devolve into just doing that. And what we're saying here is like be more than that, have some intellectual curiosity, make yourself better, do the, all the things that we talk about in the book and we went through all that and all the podcasts. Be be more than that. Be, be the CEO of that account. Uh, that's great. That's exactly right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and and I we could talk about it forever and ever, but you're right. Like, we kind of get it. If yeah, you have yeah. any questions. It, yeah. If you're listening to this, you probably get that. I, I, we, I've i seen a few account managers who are kind of like that. It's not the norm. And so I don't want to, we don't want to overemphasize it, but just but don't be that. Don't be that person. That's, that's right. Person. Yeah, that's right. So that takes us to number two. Number two, be a student of the game. Yes. Be a student of the game. So like, again, if you're listening to this podcast and or you read our book, I mean, you are a student of the game. Um, And, you know, there's an insight here, which is the problem with this particular game is we've mentioned it many times before. You know, there's tons of materials out there about how to be a great salesperson. Um, uh, Like type sales in in, uh, Amazon books and you'll get, you know, bajillion results. Uh, there's almost zero on account management and hence the reason for us writing the book. So what you're going to need to do is you're going to need some self-study, right? You're going to need to grow yourself. Um, and the way that you do that is make your own development plan every year, right? Like here's what I'm going to do to learn and grow, um, every year. This is something that I emphasize a lot and kind of my management, um, rubric, but that's what we're talking about here. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about sales and account management, to your point, for all the material out there, you know, once in a while, something comes along and people say, well, that's got some some real merit to it. But ultimately, these things require a lot of um, a lot of intuition and a lot of sort of soft skill things that extend beyond the, the, the average sort of book, right? So we have, we wrote a book on account management because there's not a lot out there. Mm-hmm. If you're going to be a good account manager, you know, think about things. You're probably presenting a lot. If you're not a great presenter, or if you want to be a better presenter, go look at Toastmasters, right? When we talk about being a student of the game, it's, it, there's a lot of things that don't have account management in the title that can benefit you in this job. Yeah, and so right, search exactly. for those tools, right? Right. Yeah. If you, 
a lot of times we get questions like, hey, I'm I'm not good at this or I'm deficient here. We'll go learn about that, right? Like you don't have to be a super expert, pick up a book and read it, right? Watch a YouTube video. You know, you you can be better than you were yesterday. Um, I have a few concrete suggestions about how to do this. I, I do a development plan at the beginning of the year. Um, my development plan last year was actually, or year before last, was actually around this podcast. And we met all of our goals there, which is great. Um, you know, and so everybody needs one, including me, including you. And um, my suggestions are, one, make it actionable, better than formal. Like, don't write it for your boss. Write it for you, right? Something you can write down in a couple of sentences on a piece of paper and tape it to the upper right hand of your you know computer screen fewer goals are better than more so I, a lot of times i'll get development plans that are like i'm gonna read five books this year are you really gonna do that <laughs> actually <laughs> did you read my plan john <laughs> is that what happened is yours is yours like that no like, i listen I, i'm gonna yeah I'm going to solve world hunger. Right. I I never let the opportunity for a joke pass me by, but I completely agree with this. This is so important. People do think, well, I'm going to fill the page and then I'll have a, you know, and that'll keep me busy. And at the end of the year, I'll have a bunch of check marks and it's going to be awesome. Don't like, don't do that. What are the two or three big things that you want to happen this year? What are, you know, what, what are those objectives? And two's better than three, because this is the stuff, the sand that's going to fill in about the big rocks is a realistic matter. Like you got a job to do. That's right. right? So you pick five things you're going to do for self-development. I guarantee you'll do not not five. No, you won't. You won't do five. I mean, you when you really start breaking that down, you're talking about one every other month. Some of these goals right. will, re- well, some right. And some of these goals will require three or four months to accomplish if you started today. Yeah. And so you can kind of beat you up and move you backwards because you align to something that you're not going to go achieve. Yeah. That that's not where you want to be. Um, but, but I do believe in, in the notion of write it down. Mm -hmm. I I do subscribe to that, put it in writing, put it, whether it's a word document, bullet point, email to yourself, a post-it note, whatever it is, write it down. Think, think enough of it to just to put it in writing somewhere because I, th- it matters. It changes yeah. the psychology of what that goal is. And the other piece of change the psychology is tell somebody about it. Absolutely. Right. Which is like the opposite of what all of us want to do. Cause um, we don't want to be held accountable for it, but that's actually what you're doing. It's like, you know, there's tons of research about this. If you tell, if you say, if you say to yourself, you're going to lose 10 pounds, you're way less likely to do it. than if you tell somebody else, I'm going to lose 10 pounds. Cause then it's, um, you know, it's from the book influence. It's uh, you're making a commitment and people really, really, really generally want to meet their commitments. Yeah. It matters. It mm-hmm. matters. I, I mean, I, I honestly started doing this a very long time ago uh, when I was in the military, actually, because, mm. you know, you and I, we talked about this. If you go back and listen to our podcast, we we did some different things and some challenging things in the military. Yours was going through the nuclear training program and being mm-hmm. a submariner that like those aren't easy things to do. I went to SEAL training. Right. And you when you do something like that, you, you have to have that goal. It's got to be there have to be right. things that get you there along the way, which is, you know, all those things. Of, it, it checked every one of these boxes. Is it actionable? It, it, you know, a, a few big ones, not a whole bunch of yeah. little ones and make it measurable. Right. Yeah. 
Um, exactly. Right. And so that's the mistake people when the first time I do this, I, I, I it's almost a guarantee as, as a boss, when I do this with people, the first time they do it, they give me a laundry list that they think is to please me. They give me 10 things they're going to do to improve themselves this year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not looking for quantity. I'm looking for, tell me two things or even one, and you're really going to do it. That, yeah. That's that's what I'm looking for, right? That's and right. yeah, but like the five. Um, the, third, the third tip I have here is um, you've heard of SMART goals, right? Um, I, I like to say SMART goals are a way to get dumb really fast. Because you'll spend so much time trying to satisfy every one of those letters that you're like in a tailspin trying to figure it out. That what I tell people is like probably the one that matters is measurable. Do that. Focus on that. And um, by that, I and, and when you do self development, it actually is much harder. So this is actually from the book. So here's an example. So like um, a, a typical self development goal that people would write on their end would sound kind of like. This year, I will be better at presenting value propositions. That'd be something that maybe an account manager would say. That's a very loose goal. Instead, much better would be, I'll complete a 20-hour online seminar on developing and presenting value propositions by May. I will use what I've learned in three client presentations before the end of the year. Yeah, perfect. 10,000 times better as a goal than what you're sort of, I will become a better public speaker. The moment you, the mo- no, no, you know, spell out what you're going to exactly do. Right. Yeah. The moment you set that up, I went exactly where you went with it, which was I was m- more quickly into the well, then you got to do it. So you need to make sure that you lead five of these presentations with your clients. Right. Like, that's the yeah. measurement. The measurement right. is I'm going to put this in practice and here's how I'm going to present five times to internal audiences this year. Um, I'm going to negotiate three deals on my own without my boss helping me. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's right. It's exactly right. And, and, and if you strive for those, but don't get there, right there, there could be external forces, but but it make it, make it a thing that you can look at and say, how am I tracking to this objective? Right. Yeah. So yeah, the, the goal of, you know, particularly for self-improvement, there's a, there's a temptation to write the goals. I'll just be better at this. Well, okay, that's nice, but better <laughs> a better goal set would be specifically what you're going to do with it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. Cool, student man. Of uh, the, y- student of the game. Do not, do not underestimate the power of this, this planning. I'll just, I'll leave it there. We could, that, that mm-hmm. this too, we could talk about for hours, but mm-hmm. um, it, it really does matter. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it orients you in a different fashion. So what's the next one, John? Be a person of character. Mm-hmm. Red, not don't not be a character. <laughs> when I look at you, that's what I see. It it's a common refrain, really. It says be a person of character. The of really makes a big difference in that sentence. It does. It certainly does. <laughs> uh what but you know. What does that mean? Like not to turn this into, um, you know, a, a four hour conversation about Nietzsche, but what, what does it mean? What is, what does it mean to, to have character? What- well, I was, we were going to get into some Greek philosophers. Um, it was the plan for the outline of the podcast, but maybe we'll skip that. No, I, I think it's, I think it's really simple, right? Like 
if you break down the six principles we we write in our book, like the six things you got to worry about as an account manager, they all actually connect to some sort of character value, right? Like, um, you know, we need each other. Our relationship is not a zero sum game. It's about loyalty. It's about patience. Trust. Um, it, trust. It, it's about trust. Um you know, it's about wisdom, right? These are all character traits. And th so that's where all these things come from. We just translate it into kind of account manager speak, but, um, you know, being a person of character, uh, helps you build trust. Yeah, that's it. Well, this, what do you think it means? I, I don't know that I can define it, but I can tell you what success looks like. Mm. As a salesperson, as an account manager, as a relationship person, your um, your proficiency, the quality of the job you do will be reflective of the number of people that you interact with that move on from the current situation and bring you along with them, mm -hmm. right? If you are a person of character, I am with the Acme, whatever co product company, and my client is Big Bank ABC. Mm -hmm. And when your client at Big Bank goes to Big Bank number two, does that is that a client you can pick up the phone and call and go, how's it going over at the new bank? How are things? And that client will take your call, willingly pick up the phone and go, hey, right. ha Fred, how are you, man? It's good to hear from you. Yeah, we have a lot going on over here and you, you guys' solution would fit right in. That is being a person of character, right? Right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of mom and apple pie in the sense of, uh, for our American listeners, apple pie is how we say uh, sort of boring American things. Um, <laughs> felt like I had to explain that. Like, does anybody say that anymore? My son the other day accused me of using very old-fashioned phrases. I said, to, I was talking about his, his mom, and I said, she's really crackerjack at this. And then he's like, are you from the 40s? <laughs> were, you, were you guys sitting on the Davenport when you were having this conversation? <laughs> Like, I don't, I don't need you to accuse me of being an old man. I already know. So, like, it's not helping. Yeah. Do you tell him to go get the hose pipe, carry it around back? <laughs> yeah. I say, oh, I'm tired of listening to you. Crank up the Victrola. Um, <laughs> right. That's it. That's it. <laughs> right. The, uh, the Sousaphon. I don't know. Anyway. Um, yeah. So we could go, I think, on and yeah. on about this forever. But like your, your, your essential character, like being honest in every interaction um, and being forthright, all these things, it'll it'll pay off in the long run on your career. But like if you do that, well, you know, it's kind of like everything else we suggest here in the account management world is kind of just icing on the cake. Right. If you do just this part right, you're probably going to be OK. Yeah, be present. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that that mm -hmm. that is what it is. And you're right. We can you know, we could wax on about this forever. But um, yeah. well, let, let's jump into then the the final item here. And so, I, like, we're wrapping it up. Like the book, we're wrapping up the book portion. Now we get into freestyle. Freestyle. Now it's time for you to freestyle. Um, so, and that's, uh, so we're going to mention some resources for further study. So I was asked this question, Hey, do you have any other resources that you'd mentioned that, you know, that, uh, so I did it recently, I met with a company that just kind of wanted to hear more about the book. And we just talked about it, um, a little bit. And one of the questions was, uh, 
are there other books you'd recommend about account management? And my last answer was really no, because like I haven't found any that I like. And that's why we wrote the book. But that's so self-serving. But whatever. I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I'm hawking books here, people. It's our podcast, John. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> We, we pay the bills. Right. That's a great point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can hawk whatever I want. Yeah. Um, so that does self-serving. But what this book really is, is a synthesis of a lot of other learnings in the business world and trying to bring it together um, for um, for account managers. So uh, let me just mention a few specific ones. But what I would say is go to buy our book, go to the back. There's a list of resources you can use. But let me touch on two that come up a lot for account managers. One is... Um, uh, communications. We've talked a lot about communications, how to structure them, when to communicate, on and on and on. That there's a, a lot of the kind of background for how to communicate um, in terms of design comes from something called the pyramid principle. We talked about that. There's a book of that name that is a bit of a dense read. I might skip that. But there's two books that I always recommend to everybody in the business community it needs to present. And one is called Say It With Presentations. And the other one is called Say It With Charts. Both, both are by Gene Zelazny, who's um, an ex-McKinsey person. It's, and these books are just like literally fundamental to everything business related. So that's kind of the first thing that I would uh, just want to mention. And then the second is there are several books on negotiations that are out there. Probably the most fundamental one for account managers because it deals with what are called distributive negotiations, meaning negotiations where you have to live with each other afterwards, is a book called Getting to Yes by uh, Fisher and Yuri. Um, and it's pretty famous. Again, another really famous. But so I kind of for account managers, it's kind of like you kind of got to read those. You kind of th those are books you should have on your bookshelf no matter what. And then we list a bunch of others as well. Yeah. And I'll pitch in with one that, that I recommend and it, mm -hmm. I love it. And it, it's one of my go-tos. It's kind of a reference book at times for me, which is how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just got the, it's the basic yeah. fundamentals of how to engage with somebody. It, bottom line, like how to that's engage a, with somebody, right? Yeah. That's uh that's definitely on our list of under kind of building relationships and that trust stuff, like for sure. And then was, I also mentioned, um, Client management philosophies, um, the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, that's another one I mentioned. It's a little bit in that category, but um, how to win friends and influence people is like literally a timeless. Um, I mean, it can come across, I think, a little cheesy today, but, but what people don't realize is everything in that book is true today as it was back then is still true and will always be true. Yeah. Yeah. With, without people a love the sound of their name. Yeah, I love it when you know things about them like and now I think it's even I actually think it's even more true now in the age of computing than it was back when he wrote it. I I could not agree more. Yeah, it is so fundamental. I was just thinking, you know, it's kind of interesting as we kind of as we wrap up the book portion, which which, again, we're not going anywhere. We're going to get back into a cadence. We're going to get mm -hmm. these things out on a, on a regular basis. We're still going to talk about the topics that, you know, what based on the emails we received, based on what we see out in the marketplace. But when you think about what's out in the marketplace right now and you look at an economic trend that doesn't look positive, right, the macroeconomic conditions, you look at the layoffs that are taking place, et cetera, there's never been a better time than the present to hang on to your customers, 
right? The, mm, the cost mm-hmm. of acquisition is a sunk cost and that's gone. And so keep yeah. them. And this is the profession that w- makes that possible, right? These are the disciplines that will make it, it create the opportunity for an organization to main, retain and, and, glow, and grow their clients. Yeah, that's right. a great point. I mean, what's the what's the stat about what it takes to acquire a com- customer generally versus then um, um, then retain one? I mean, six to eight times more expensive. And yeah, yeah. exactly. I, so it. yeah, like it's uh, it's a wonderful. Uh, I think it's a wonderful discipline. Discipline, and it's um, it couldn't be couldn't be more important. So yeah, I just I just think it's even more important now in the age of computing. Um, being able to build human relationships is actually a little bit of a rarer skill set, in my opinion. So um, that's why account management is so important. I had a boss say to me one time, like, the account management team here is our secret weapon. Uh, I love that. Well, I wish it wasn't a secret, but I loved it all the same. Yeah. Um, it, well, it's not a secret now. <laughs> because we think you and I are a talking secret, about it. secret worth telling, right? <laughs> Is that, I don't know. Was that like on a wrapper or something? Fred, so that's it. That was the whole book. We did the whole book and it only took us, what, two years? I don't know. Something. Professional podcasters are put out podcasts regularly because they're professionals. Yeah, well, look, as soon as somebody starts stroking me a check for this, I'll start <laughs> acting like an adult about it. <laughs> right? <laughs> So uh, again, the GoFundMe page, yeah. right? I'm struggling. I've, as we talked about at the top, I've got personal yeah. ailments that we this can't we can't hang now. Yeah, I hang now. I think we all can identify with. All right, that. let's move on from that. Let's move Let, on. Is it? Then. It's time for the mailbag. Are you ready? I'm ready. I just opened the mailbag. And uh, did you really, John, or was that a sound effect? No, no, I got a, I got a big bag right here next to me, and it's full of handwritten letters. Most are in calligraphy. Handwritten letters. Surprisingly, you, you would think um, some people sent me some scrimshaw samples. Uh, talk about some ancient references. Scrimshaw. Yeah, you know what that is. It's a. You don't know a, what it is. Bu- it's like a bike taxi. <laughs> you don't. Know. That's a rickshaw. That's a rickshaw. Oh, Oh my God. Okay. You need to go to school and get some learning. Scrimshaw is um, ancient whalers. that They would take whale bones and carve little pictures into them. And that's called scrimshaw. So if you want to mention like an obscure hobby, you know, well, I would love to hang with you, but I got to go to my photo shoot on the front page of scrimshaw monthly. Like, uh, like an obscure reference that's a good obscure reference i'm gonna i'm gonna use that henceforth and forevermore <laughs> all right let's not get into the big words yeah uh no. here's letter number one are you ready fred i'm ready uh, guys really enjoy the it's from uh gabriel i really enjoy the podcast and purchase the book i wanted to get your thoughts on where the line is between sales and account management i work in industrial sales uh selling capital equipment. I'm a territory sales executive. However, it's a mix between hunting and farming. I'd love to hear your thoughts and see where the responsibilities lean between sales and account managing. Um, I'll start with kind of my theory on this is it's kind of first for for me, sales and account management is more about what sales is not. 
in the sense of, I think in general, if you're servicing the accounts, uh, in other words, like post sales and you're, and they have a problem and they need your help, that kind of thing. You're, if you're doing that by definition, you are the account manager. I mean, there are plenty of companies out there that have it as a combined role. There's no question about that. I think that's most U.S. companies tend to separate the roles a little bit, for sure. Um, at least large uh, U.S. companies, and for sure, most technology companies tend to separate the roles because it's hard to do both well. Um, so I kind of define sales as what account management or I, I kind of define it by what it isn't. So in other words, if you're servicing the account, you are the account manager. And the reason that you separate the roles is so that you can take that off of the sales team's plate because you want them doing what? You want them selling, right? So for this person who seems to be kind of... So so what my point is, if you're, if you're farming also at clients and you're a salesperson, but you don't do the servicing portion of it, that actually is not terribly unusual. Sometimes the sales team owns the sort of business development, even at existing clients. It's a continuum. Well, I, I'd add to the, the, the reason they're two different functions is they are really two very different skill sets. Yeah. I've, I, and I hate, I really hate the, the hunting farming analogy. Yeah. I don't like that either. We've talked about this before, right? but, but it, but it is, again, I say this all the time cause it is accurate and it, it is a true reflection of the different skill sets that you need. And they are very, very different. It, yeah. I'm, I'm really honestly amazed at, you know, the, what the skill set of closing a new logo and the ability to go and drive that and work through the contracting and, and, you know, get, get through all the hurdles and the challenges and asking for the for the sale or for the close with that new logo is a very different skill set than sort of the watering and feeding and, and so forth. Yeah. So I, I and I agree that they're they're most effective as, as two different roles. They, they are. But you do see where some sales teams are in charge of growing existing clients. That is not that unusual. Um, it's the servicing element that's a little bit different. Like where I really draw that line is like, look, if you're a salesperson, you're having to service the clients also. That's a radically, rad radically different skill set. And the number of people who are good at both is R fairly small, in my opinion. Um, it, it is. It is yeah. fairly small. Now, I and so I do think, though, that with this, the one of the things that plays a large role in the behavior. So regardless of how it looks on paper, regardless of how your organization defines it and draws it up, the biggest influencer on people's behavior is going to be the way that the commission or the comp plans are structured. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Right. If you, if you are incentivized that you still get a piece of the pie after landing the account and things continue to grow, you're going to behave very differently than if, give me the account. You don't get, you know, anything kind of going forward and there you know, we extract you like it, it all drives the behavior. And so regardless of what's written down on paper, regardless of what the organization's philosophy is on it, you have to respect the impact that that has. And if that's not aligned, then you will always have some kind of challenges, I think in that yeah. space, potentially, um, because those those incentive plans can't be in conflict in, with one another, right? They they are going to drive the behavior. Yeah, and what you'd like to see is if you if you do have a separate account management team, that theirs is more heavily weighted towards um, 
uh, client retention and client satisfaction. I mean, it generally for most of the plans I've had, more than 50% of the plan is client retention and client satisfaction. And so that's what you want to see for a good um, account management team. And again, it goes back to that servicing element. Um, if it's servicing, it's an account management function or it should be an account management function. Um, and, and, you know, and kind of keeping the client happy The the growing the client part of it can live in either world. Although I'm, I'm with you, I'd probably argue that in general, it's better if the account manager owns it because they're the one that has the relationship with the client. Like, you know, you, here you got a person who, and here's my argument for that, right? Like, so you hear you got a person who services the client every single day, a new business opportunity comes up and then the salesperson swoops in. It's a weird relationship dynamic generally, right? Like you, so that's why I say that. Yeah. And I would ask to the, to, as you say, Gabriel, right? Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Um, I would ask Gabriel, w- w- talk to me about how this is manifesting itself. Like what's driving the question? Somebody's in somebody else's kitchen, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that typically is the thing like, well, you're not giving me the space that I need to do my thing or vice versa, whatever it, because within those details lies the, you know, a very direct answer to your question or, you know, a very direct conversation around sort of the problem and the solution being theoretical, like, you know, yeah, here are our philosophies on it, but without getting into more detail and, and you hear us talk about that throughout the course of the podcast, right. You know, what, what's the symptom? What's the thing? What do you think you're trying to solve for? And what are you trying to solve for? I've been in businesses where the sales team, you know, like you might start a smaller company or a smaller enterprise and you only have a sales team to kind of begin. And then after a while, they sort of raise their hand and go, Hey, can we get some people who actually manage these clients and their servicing? Cause like, I, I got things I want to close. You know, that's always a good conversation to have. Raise your hand and ask for that. For the record, uh, Gabriel's email was back in August and we haven't answered our mailbag in forever. And again, that's cause you're so lazy. I'm the is the dog in the background is how who let a dog in our studio? Gosh, somebody uh, let a dog in our really expensive studio. The um, yeah, in, we're paying what are we paying like ten thousand dollars a week for this studio per uh, square foot? Yes, yeah, but, Dang, and God. there's a <laughs> there's a dog running around. <laughs> That's so weird. I don't know why a professional studio would have a dog uh it doesn't it doesn't make sense anyway to two chimps in a basement (laughs) that is us man all right let's um all right we have a hey we have another one we have another one uh, more one more mailbag we're gonna do and uh and i want to remind the audience we got a question that we're going to do a deep dive podcast on later would uh last time we talked about um how to interview for an account management job, which is a great question. And so we're going to, I think that's going to be our next topic. But this, uh, this question is, Hey guys, love the book. And this is from JJ, not me. Uh, okay. Hi guys. Love the book and the podcast. Just wondering if you have any thoughts about taking over client database after the previous account manager made a mess of everything. I'm in this unique situation, trying to manage a huge number of clients. I feel like I've got double the amount of deposit just to get back to the starting line. Any advice that that's a real world scenario. Um, uh, that you have to deal with. My probably starting advice is don't say this like this to your boss. Uh, mm. Right. And the reason I say that is this, like 
I assume when you say database about clients, I'm kind of making the assumption that it's the CRM associated with the clients, like all the information about the clients. Um, so if that's not correct, JJ, please email us back and let me know if I'm not correct on that. But that's my assumption. The The problem with this is like the database, the CRM is a mess, is a very unactionable thing for you and your boss. So what you want to do is actually kind of project manage this and break it up into chunks. So what you want to say is, and I'm going to just make this up because I don't know the situation, but we've got uh, 500 clients in our CRM database. All of them, they don't have the information necessary to actually officially manage them. So I'm going to clean that up. It's going to take time. It's going to take a year and a half. And so here's the, the stages. So I'm going to clean up you know, 50 of them per quarter and I have a project plan and I'm going to give my boss regular updates on me cleaning up the database. So I'm going to be calling all, each one of these clients, making sure I have their correct information, inputting that information, you know, whatever plan makes sense for you, given what other work you really have to do. But, but the number one thing would be don't go to your boss and say this, but rather structure the engagement and say, okay, I, this is something that needs to be done and I'm going to do it. But we're going to have a plan. I would put together the plan before you go to your boss. Yeah. Yes. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Right. Exactly. Just, just to be really yeah. clear about that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now what you know what, John, it's almost like we, we design these things. It's almost like we script them. It's almost like we're intelligent and we plan ahead. Not, none of that is true. Well, I know that's why I'm saying it, but it is, it's the goal planning we just talked about. Right. Make it measurable, right. make it actionable. You're right. going to do 10 of these a month. You're going to break it down into smaller pieces. Right. right. I'm going to do 7,000 of these over the next 12 months. And then that's overwhelming. Break it down. I think the other thing that just the thing that immediately that came to mind for me with the with this email is wh what does that mean? Right. Made a big mess of things. Well, OK. Is it impacting the client? Is it impacting just internally? Is it a heavy uh, kind of workload mm -hmm. on you? Or is it something that the client sees and feels? That's going to drive your planning, right? Make sure you're addressing the client's concerns Yeah, yeah. Concerns if it's something first. in the database that messes up their product, um, that's a great point. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's kind of similar to the last one of where do the lines start and end between sales and account management? Well, what does this mean? When you say it's a mess, I need to know exactly what that means. Yeah. And then once you know, it, it, and I tell you what happens so, so many times, this is the telephone game, right? And this is why we say don't go to your boss with it, because if you don't know what that means exactly, I can promise you it will end up meaning more than it should somewhere along the way. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it gets amplified. It hits the bullhorn and it goes from the rafters. And the next thing you know, and then you can go back and, and once you dig into it, come in and, and go, oh, you know what? It was really kind of this one thing and it wasn't a very complex fix. Like, yeah. that's not a good look. Right. You know, yeah. So like the impressive thing to do with this would be to come up with a two to three page PowerPoint of problem statement. OK, here's what's broken. Step B, here's here's how I'm going to prioritize it. And here's the plan. And then here's my schedule for when I'm going to get it done. Right. And even if it's like, it's going to take me two years to fix this and get started now. And I'm going to do, you know, 10 of these clients per quarter. Again, I don't know the situations are making up these numbers. And then maybe 
and your boss says, you got to figure out a way to go faster. All right, you get started. You at least do that plan. And then maybe go back and say, look, I could go faster. I've had some help. Can I get an intern? Can I get somebody else from the organization? Right. Show some for like, do not go to your boss with this. Like show some forward momentum in some sort of way that that then you're a rock star. Well, that and would be. And, the, yeah. And do you know what you're doing when, when you engage in that fashion? Hmm. You're being more than a pass through. <laughs> wow. That was a real tie. You tied it back. What's Man. that called in comedy? Is this called like a callback or something like that? It, it's called brilliant is what it's called, John. Oh, my gosh. It yes. is absolutely. It, is it? But it's true. It is being more than a path. Don't take the problem and then it just yeah. crosses your plate and you hand it to your boss. That's right. what we're talking about. We're talking about solve the problem. Figure it out. Right. Put together yeah. a tap, whatever you need to do. Don't be a pass through. Own the problem, own the solution. I think your point is right on, right? Like if it's messing up the client's product in some way, start prioritize that. And then then maybe it's a different story. Maybe you gotta like um, you know, it's messing up their data or it's messing up whatever. Like th- then you get a different thing and you might propose go to your and then the proposal might be, hey boss, we need to hire some people, we need to spend some money, we need to invest in this. Here's how much it's going to cost. Like then, then you're cooking. Um, you know, so I, it's hard to from this email know exactly how urgent the problem is, but I think you had a really good point. Yeah, own it, own it, and and you know, John, I, you, when we talked about this, your your reaction was exactly the first thing you said, which is, I wouldn't say it to my boss this way. <laughs> Words are powerful. Words are powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's where you know. Uh, people don't realize that bosses are humans and fl- very flawed ones at that. And so you go drop a bomb on their desk like that. That is not uh, I mean, you can do that and plenty of people do it all the time, but it's not the key to career success. You drop a if you drop a a bomb and in, in a solution as a very terrible metaphor, but. I'll work on it and I'll get back to you. <laughs> it's been a long episode. It's been a while. We're rusty. We're rusty. We're rusty. Come on. Yeah. Shaking it yeah. off. Very, Shaking very it rusty. off. Yeah. Well, well it's I been think, a pleasure. Yeah, man, that kind of wraps it up. So um, wh- what are we going to try to do here? Every three weeks or something? <laughs> Talk about over committing to goals. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think at minimum once a quarter. We'll, we'll do something and uh, we'll, sh- we'll shoot for once every two months. I think we can make this somebody else's responsibility. Oh, yeah? We make it our listeners' responsibility. To bug us. Give us your questions. Or, tell us what you need. And and that'll that'll dictate the pace and the content and everything. Like we we are we are owned by the community. Sounds like what they what you really want is you mentioned earlier you lack motivation because you you don't make any money. Maybe everybody just needs to send in checks. I don't like when you repeated that back to me, it didn't sound so good. <laughs> you don't like doing it because you're lazy and motivated by and you money. You only care about money. <laughs> filthy rotten slug. Other than that, I think you're a wonderful person of character. Oh my gosh. Talk about bringing it back. You are the man. You are the man. On that note. On that note. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Fred Fuller. John Brown. We'll see see you next next time. time. Fred and John would like to hear from you. Go to brown-fuller.com with comments and questions and rate us on your favorite podcast platform.